Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today we are here with the amazing Kelly Swindoll. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Very excited to be here, and I'm currently in Glasgow, Scotland, so it's nice to have a connection uh, back to the States for a minute. (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome, and it's probably late in the evening there, like almost bedtime. Totally. Yeah, that's another thing that's crazy. I didn't realize how light it stayed till like really late here, like till after 11 p.m. The sun is setting right now, which is blows my mind. I I just wasn't expecting that. So it's 930, almost 10, and it's still quite light behind me. It's really weird. I'm going to have to close the curtains to go to bed because it's totally light outside. <laughs> um, that's so beautiful. It reminds me of uh, Montana in the summertime. Middle of Montana is the same way. At like ten, eleven o'clock at night, it's still light out there. That northern area it just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I've never experienced that before. Now, oh. so. <laughs> well, that is so awesome. And are you doing some sightseeing while you're there? Do you have a chance to? You know, not. I. I mean, I do when I can, but there, I really haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but we just got here a couple hours ago, and then. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I do hope to actually, I hope to, I'm not going to set my alarm. I'm going to let myself sleep as late as possible, as as late as like my body wants to, because it's my only day I get to do that. But then when I wake up, I definitely want to go see whatever it is that I can see, because it's, it's an old city and there's definitely like some old sections and I love the history. So I will see whatever I can and I don't have to be to to the venue until like six. So I absolutely can make a day of it, which I will do. So wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I hope to see some uh, either Facebook or Instagram photos. Yes. So please do sure. share. Definitely. Oh. So we'd love to start out these interviews with the most difficult question ever. Who is Kelly Swindle? <laughs> it is the most difficult because uh, I could go on in a long time. All right. No, let's try to make this concise. Um, well, I guess I am a Southern born singer songwriter artist i say artist because it's all encompassing it's not just about you know writing music or writing it's i I think it's about you know creating uh and expressing myself uh with the hopes that um other you know other people that consume the art or take it in will find um a piece of themselves in it as well because i think that's what artists do you know, um, so I'm I, like when I say Southern because it's important to me. I think it's a big part of my identity, um, being born in the South and Georgia specifically, and uh, where you know my point of view, my perspective, uh, the way that the way that you know things come across. I do do a lot of. I play country folk blues. That's, that's, that wasn't by design. I didn't, you know, when I started playing music, I just started writing songs um, because I felt compelled to. Um, It was a way for me to work through emotions that I was feeling, you know, situations, just a way of, for me to understand my world and myself. And uh, then, you know, people 
would be like, hey, you write country, you sing country. And I'm like, really? Do I? I thought I'm just like, I thought they're just writing songs. They're like, no, it's definitely country. So I think it's hard for me to escape that because it's it's very much who I am. Um, that's where I grew up. So it, it so that 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 comes through. So that's that's where I'm right now. I would say I'm I'm an artist. I'm a southerner, even though I live in New York City. So there's a little bit of that aspect too. I've always, you know, I, I like to I like to get to con- to see the world around me and and take in lots of different experiences and people and cultures and um I wasn't content just to you know to stay with what I was comfortable with um which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but I uh, I needed I was I was drawn to the to the big city and that energy and wanted to see what that was about so that I think that really informs who I am as an artist too there is that um there's a little bit of a a city edge, a little bit of a, that energy, that that um, fast-paced, frenetic uh, energy in there as well, which is a nice nice contrast and juxtaposition to that slow southern thing. So I feel like that's all a part of who I am as an artist uh, right now at this at this point in my journey. And I think you just hit the nail on the head because I think you do have that that like the difference in. It's not really, I don't think it's totally country or Americana or folk or rock or Southern rock. Yeah. Like it kind of yeah, just falls within them just yeah. naturally. Yeah. I, do. I agree. It's hard to describe it to, I just say, I always tell people, I'm like, just come to a show. Don't even listen. I mean, you listen to the music too, but it's like, it's hard to capture what you get from hearing someone live in a recording or in words. So I'm just, I always just say, just come to a show. And then they're like, oh, I get it. I see what you mean. Like it's got that, 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 but it's not really any of those things. So. Right. right. And it has like that uh, story narrative of the country and Americana and the folk, like you have to tell a story and totally. it has that yeah. element, but it just, it has that, you know, it doesn't fall into just the single realm. It's beautiful. Agreed. So. Thank you. So tell me, who are some of the women that have inspired you to do music? Now, obviously, sure. did, now, when did you start doing music? Tell us that as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't start doing music till I was in my, until I was 23, almost 24 when I first uh, started writing, picked up a guitar, taught myself to sing and play and write. And it all happened at the same time in service to writing songs. I, I decided I this is the outlet I wanted to use to express myself. Um, and I, it all just, you know, it was in service to that. So that was in my, I guess it's not, I don't know, early to mid twenties, I suppose. Uh, so that, that's when that started, uh, for sure. And I've been doing it ever since. And I, 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 uh, just, it was, like I said, it was, it was a compulsion. It just felt like something I felt called to do. And so I did it. (laughs) Well, I'm really glad you did. Thanks. Cause you have some great music. Thank you. Thanks. So. Now, obviously, your newest release, mm-hmm. All Right, All Right. You want to tell us a little bit about that and where the ideas came from and kind of just how you put it all together? Sure. So in terms of just like this straight up writing it, um, I always write, especially at this time, this was this was earlier to mid, you know, I, I wrote the song several years ago, a few years ago. I I, I since went back and, and kind of refined it, but when the, the, um, the bare bones was written quite a few years ago. And um, my lyrics and music always, almost always just come at one time. Um, I sit down and, you know, I just, I either I have something in my head or like, usually I'm just like feeling the need to write. Um, So I sit down and I just start 
just playing around. I don't remember what was inspiring that in terms of like the, usually I have another song that, that I'll be playing and then something um, will come out of that. So what was happening is in, during that time was I was definitely um, from the outside looking in, like in a, in kind of a hard place. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was struggling to get by. It's New York City. Um, it, it, it's expensive. Things are gentrifying. Um, I was bartending and waiting tables and just like, but all I wanted to do was be playing music. But like, I obviously had to pay the rent. So I was, uh, I, I was just in, in it, it, I was always scrimping to get by during the, during these, these days. But I was so driven and being fed by, by like this just like greater, ideal of like I'm an artist in New York and I'm like writing like this is what like this is what I'm doing like and I and I I you know I, I'm exhausted and I'm broke and I'm tired but like that's okay because I have something else feeding me and I'm gonna be all right and um at the same time um there was this quote this uh this Milton quote um from from Paradise Lost which I wasn't even reading it I think I just stumbled upon the quote somewhere um that's uh and, and it is loosely, loosely, I don't know if I'm quoting it exactly, but it's the mind is its own place and, and itself can create a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. And I remember just really liking that quote, thinking like, yeah, it's true. Like you could be looking at me and thinking like, oh, like she's really struggling or things aren't, aren't great, you know, but I felt like I was just doing awesome um, because I was just in such a positive place being like fed by my 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 art for for lack of a better word such a cliche but it's true and i just thought i just love that idea so like the the verses are all very mundane like it's just like it's a really it's kind of like a stream of consciousness just like me going through a day and you know things are kind of like shitty but like w learning how to spin that um to to be positive about it and then the the, the choruses are a little bit more um uh, abstract or, you know, it goes in that place of like, you know, I don't know how it's going to go, but, you know, I have faith. I'm going to be all right. Like it's, it's all going to be good. And that's, you know, just the power of, again, kind of a cliche, but that's, it's there for a reason of positive thinking. Like that is 1000% a real legitimate thing. And, and if we could just remind ourselves of that more often. Um, and I do this song, I think of this song a lot. Like I, I have to remind myself to like, practice what I preach um, when, you know, when I'm, when I'm getting in a bad place or like when I'm getting pissed because my luggage is lost. Like the other day it was, I was getting really mad. And then like my TM was like positive thinking, Kelly. And I was like, you are right. I'm out here saying this. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's funny within like literally within five minutes of me, like making myself turn around, all of a sudden they found my luggage and I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is, what's going on? <laughs> See, it's a positive thinking we, and you're right we all have to practice that more because you know i can we we can keep trying to be positive and there are just sometimes it, it you know we get to that level of frustration and uh yeah totally. there's a quote i saw that a friend of mine had shared the other day and it was something about i started to think about something i got really positive or really negative and then i thought girl you don't have time for that and i was like that's a great quote i just gotta yeah you know, gotta that is it totally <laughs> i agree because it's true it's it's like you you're there anyway. So like, do you mm -hmm. want it to be, I mean, no matter, you can't, do, if you can't do anything physically about it, you can control how you're going to react to it. So is it really serving you to like get in that negative space? It feels good enough in a weird way. It feels good, you know, to get in that, to like, you know, when you get upset, but it's not, yeah. it's not serving you. And then you're like, oh, it actually feels a lot better to, mm -hmm. to, to, to bring yourself out of that and to, to see the light side, to see the silver lining for sure.
exactly. Exactly. I, I will say my biggest thing is usually driving. I don't have road rage. Mm-hmm. I just have, I call it cursing rage where when you see yes. people do stupid stuff where they could kill someone on the road and you just curse yeah. at them. Oh, I'm like, totally. okay, turn the radio up a little more. I'm good. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel you. So back to my other question, I tell us who are some of the women that have inspired oh, yes. you to do music? Definitely. Quite a few. Uh, so Jewel would be a huge one. Now, this is well before I ever started actually writing, but just, I mean, she was huge for me growing up. I thought she was the best. I remember just listening to that first album, Pieces of Me, over and over, just like my friend Chris and I would just like lie in her bed like after school and just like play it. And we would just listen to the whole record through and just like reading the lyrics. And I just thought just I loved everything about her style, her lyrics, their stories. Like I was just really into her. So she was huge. And uh, you may or may not hear it in my music, doesn't really matter, but it, she was definitely, you know, a huge inspiration. Amy Winehouse, huge. I would say uh, right before, I would say in the year or two before I started writing music, I think she really did plant a big seed. Um, I just remember sitting there like, I, you know, here, the first time I heard Tears Dry on Their Own, I was like, oh my God, what is this? This is amazing. And I would just sing that song and just singing that song. And I just remember it was just like the the catharsis and just like, I felt also like, gosh, she, like, she, you know, she feels me. She knows what's up. And I just like this, like, I don't know, just something started brewing inside of me. Like I, I would love to be able to have like that kind of effect on someone as well, you know, like to be able to create something that connects on that level to help someone get through a situation as well because that's what she was helping me get through like my love trials and tribulations and um and then a third i'll say a third is definitely and this is early early is patsy klein um her her um voice was just like like the pathos and like the emotion and like you know I was a child when I would listen to her and I didn't know anything about being in in love for real or like, you know, having my heart broken by a man or, or a woman, whoever, you know, but I, I did when I was, I could feel it though, you know, like there's something about that emotion in her voice that can make you feel these things that you would never experience. And I thought that that was like, she would just take me places that as a little human being, I had never actually been, but my soul was going there with her. And that was really powerful. Um, so she definitely has still, like, that was a huge influence too. So those three ladies, I'm sure there's more that like, but like I have I had just three, those are the three. Well, yeah. Those are three great ones too. And I will say your most recent release, I was listening and I was like, wait, I had to, I had to go back again because I was like, that just reminded me of like, you know, Jewel. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, there's a point I was like, Whoa, that was really yeah. cool. Like that just definitely you know. I could see that one for that one for sure. There's definitely there's definitely jewel vibes in that one. It's definitely more on the folk end and the more mm-hmm. and she is she's like I said, she's a huge influence, not consciously, but she just couldn't help it. I just listened to her so much. She was just so influential. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely cool. Definitely. <laughs> so would you like to get into our 20 crazy questions? I can't wait. I've been intrigued since you told me about this. I, I have no idea what's coming. I'm very excited about that. That's the best part. Just, okay, let's do and it. There's, there's no right or wrong answer. And like uh-huh. I said earlier, I okay. promise we won't get arrested yet. 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 This today <laughs> could be the first yeah, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Maybe maybe the next day, but not right now. <laughs> All right. Not now. <laughs> no problem. Okay. So tell us, what is your Dance Like Nobody's Watching song? Oh my God. Uh, shit. There's a, so one, I would say it's, 
It's hard to say. Oh my God. Probably an outcast song, actually. I would probably say, hey, yeah. Ooh, or I want to dance for somebody. That's one too that like I can't, you know, the Whitney Houston song, I can't not dance to that song. I mean, I feel like there's probably a ton, to be honest. I love to dance, but those those pop into my mind right away. Like, hey, uh, or yeah, I want to dance with somebody. My God, yes. <laughs> yes, and those two definitely, I can agree. They make you want to dance. Totally. So what is the perfect workout song? Ooh, the perfect workout song. You know what? This is going to be... Um, well, the first thing that pops into my mind is actually one of my songs. <laughs> um, I like, there's a song of mine, for whatever reason, it's called Spring Street Dive. And I actually really like to work out to that song. So uh, just to, gonna promote myself there, but a non-song of mine. Let me think of a non-song of mine that I enjoy working out to. Um, I would say this is so lame, not lame, but it's like, it's, it's kind of a cliche, but Eye of the Tiger, like gets me going every time. <laughs> How could it not, right? How it's, could it not, yeah. How could it not get you going? It, it gets me going, absolutely, absolutely. every time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Tell us the top two, your top two favorite concerts you've ever been to. Ooh. Yes, I'm making you narrow it to two. Okay, maybe three. You can do three. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, oh, wow. All right, I'll say that. All right, so a big one, this may or may not be. Well, I feel like he, I feel like it's not as controversial anymore, but, um, or may, maybe not at all. But, uh, so when I was, so Ryan Adams, the first time I saw him, I was 17 at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, Georgia. And that concert blew my mind. Um, cause it was the first time I had heard, he played this song, which I found out later was his, um, a friend of mine took me to it. So I hadn't, I didn't really know who he was, but right away I was, I thought it was an amazing, the songs, everything was just, he drew me in and there was a song he played called. Oh, my sweet Carolina. And I felt like I had heard that song before. And I felt like I had, I felt like it was just like in me, like it had, it had existed forever. And then I, I was like, what is that song? And, and they're like, no, it's his song. Like that's, and I felt like, and right there, I didn't write music yet. I wasn't by no means, I had no aspirations to write music. I never thought I could do it. I thought it was something that like special people could do. And I didn't have that talent. Um, and I remember, just remember thinking like in my head, like, wow, that's a great song when it feels timeless like that. Like you've heard it a million times when you've actually never heard it before. So that was a really profound experience for me. I remember, um, just, just being really moved by that. Um, and my very first concert was when I was nine that I remember, at least I was nine. My parents took me to go see the beach boys and that was super amazing. And that was so special. Cause I, I loved oldies growing up. I, I always listened to the oldies station. So I knew all the songs like I knew and, and just to hear them and just it was I was and I felt like such an adult because I was like it was all, you know, older people there. I was probably the only I was the only kid there. It was like all these adults and then me um, at Chastain Park in Atlanta and just oh, loving it like every every second of it. That was great. And then I will say this one. Um Tom Petty, when I was in high school, um, he played at what was then called Lakewood Amphitheater in Atlanta. It's now, I think it's still around, but it's called something else, Hi-Fi Buys or something. And um, there was a way you could sneak in. There was like a back row, 
route through the woods and you could collect there was a ladder someone had put at the end of the amphitheater up a wall and if you climbed up the wall there was this one part of the grass where there were, it was only like it was like a 13 foot drop as opposed to like a 20 foot drop like the rest of the place so and then if you know you had to make sure no one was looking and then you you would just drop down onto the grass and then you were in for free and so we did that and um And yeah, it was Tom Petty. I, was, I loved him, but I had never seen him before. And it was, you know, a beautiful summer night. I was 17. And, um, you know, we already felt cool because we had snuck in and, uh, you know, in high school. And and it was just magical. And I remember him playing like American Girl and me just like, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is like, this is a high point. Um, being able to hear Tom Petty play and and uh and this beautiful amphitheater in the summer and it was just it was perfect that was a beautiful concert experience all three of those I love yeah. it and do you now okay I'm gonna ask this because I grew up on oldies as well so awesome. I always loved like Leslie Gore and Gary Puckett like those were like my top two yeah. favorites oh yeah so Leslie do you have any Gore. that were like your top two favorites or top three or whatever yeah totally um so so there's a Is it there's a there, well there's this one song, I love Johnny Rivers who's I feel like isn't super um, as well known. I mean he, maybe to some people he is, but like my dad always loved him too. So I was a big. Um, he has this one song, uh, "Poor Side of Town," and it's so every time I hear it, it just breaks my heart. I just think it's just like one of those songs. It's just like it just it just kills me inside. So he's someone, and. Um, Simon and Garfunkel. I just love Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, they're a little later in the oldies because it's still, but it's still sixties, and they would still play them on that station. And honestly, anything that's anything that's Motown, which I know is like not actually a specific artist, but like any Motown, Motown is like probably my first love. Um, One thousand percent. Any anything on that label just would always just whether it was the Temptations or the Supremes, the Four Tops, like Smokey Robinson, like all of them. Just I I love all things Motown. Um, just my absolute favorite. I couldn't narrow it down to one artist within that uh, mm -hmm. within that family. They're just amazing, all of them. Yeah. Those are beautiful. All <laughs> great artists. All great artists. If you haven't heard from any of them, I'm just going to inform everyone to go listen to them. Totally. So, yes. Yes. So let's listen yeah, to the, the next question. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tell <laughs> us an album or an artist we need to listen to before we die. Oh, an album or an artist that we have to listen to. I mean, I feel like you've all heard this, but you've got to listen to Amy Winehouse. You have to listen to Amy Winehouse. Absolutely. Back to Black. That's the one. If you have to choose one album, definitely Back to Black. You got to listen to Wildflowers the tom petty album early 90s back to like from forward and to, from the front to the, the back that's you have to yeah those are those are two 1000 got to do that and hank williams you have to listen to hank williams before you die i mean you can choose any of those songs any of his hundreds but um yeah those are three i would just off the top of my head for sure great choices yeah do you have any guilty pleasure music if so what is it Sure. Um, you know, and I hate to, I don't even want to say guilty pleasure because then it's almost like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, it is a bit, but I feel like it's becoming less of a guilty. How about this? It's becoming less of a guilty pleasure, but there was a time when it was a guilty pleasure and that is Taylor Swift. But I feel like now it's not like, I feel like people are finally like respecting her as the artist she is. Um, because I think there was a time, especially, you know, where it was kind of like, oh, Taylor Swift, she's so pop or she's so this or I don't know. But I feel like now she's finally getting 
the it's like no she's like an amazing song like she's one of the best songwriters that, that, that that's alive hands Absolutely. down she's amazing so i i almost i almost hesitate to classify that as a guilty pleasure but i do feel like there was a time especially early on i was always a taylor swift fan and it wasn't always cool to be a taylor swift fan which i'm sorry to say was the case so um and then now i guess i'm and then um who else said guilty? Olivia Rodrigo. She's amazing. Again, like I, I, I say guilty pleasure because I guess as like an Americana artist, maybe it's like, you know, it's like, nope, straight pop. Love it. Um, so, yeah, I think <laughs> she's awesome, too. But again, I hesitate to say guilty pleasure because I don't want to like I don't want to take any credit away from them. <laughs> but it's pop. So, you know, sometimes people can be a little like, oh, pop. So, yeah, <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> I like all kinds of music, so I don't discriminate. Awesome. <laughs> so hypothetically, if I came to you and said I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? Oh, hmm. Let me think about that. Yeah, uh, I would say I feel like there's probably some good places in New York City. Like if you go into like the mall, like I don't know where there are, but there's like there's apparently like this underground um city like that where the mole the call like the mole people i don't know if you're familiar with this but like this mm -hmm. is this whole underground city so i feel like if we like found one of those entrances it's kind of like a lawless land and you could hide a dead body there and they're not going to draw attention to it because they don't want you know the police going down there or anything like that so i think that would be the place and i definitely feel like if i had to i could find out where one of those entrances are like it wouldn't take that long so that would be the place which you know new york city you wouldn't think so but oh yeah that would be it that's that's the place we'll find the mole people perfect <laughs> i will call you i promise <laughs> do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse uh you know I feel like the game plan would be to become a zombie too. Just if you can't beat them, join them. I'll just like go out there and be like, take me and I'll be part of the zombie revolution. I love that. that that's one of the most interesting plans I've heard. Oh uh, yeah, that, that's the plan. Just join them. Become yeah, just join them. <laughs> oh, what job would you be terrible at? <sighs> what job would I be terrible at? I feel like there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> A lot of them, probably. All right, but what what would it be really like? Something that would just like I feel like working at like a Staples or a FedEx, where I would just like have to be. be not only is it retail, but it's like something like I just like am not interested in at all. Like helping people print stuff. I think I would just like just pull my hair out. I think I would be terrible. Like my mind would be wandering. I'd probably be like, ah, just do whatever you want. Like I'm not. I'm gonna be back here working on something else. Like I feel like. <laughs> I would be really terrible, terrible at that. It's just like a- One dollar for a hundred prints, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, oh, it's, it's bother. I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, I always feel bad for people that, which I'm like, someone's listening, like, I work there, it's great. Like, sorry. I feel like I would, I, I personally would, would rip my hair out. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think we should start a show that would just take people to do the jobs that they like totally- would drive them crazy and see how it is for the day. Just one day. Yeah, it actually is like, oh, it wasn't so bad at all. Not bad at all. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, if you won the lottery, what's the first mm -hmm. thing you would do? 
Well, this is not interesting, but I would pay off all of my debts that I've acquired from being an independent musician, which there's a lot because I'm like, oh, got to make that record. Got to go on this tour. Got to buy that plane ticket. Credit card. Here's my credit card. So I would pay off all that first. And then I would, um, man, I would buy myself, I'd buy myself a house um, or like or an apartment or something so I didn't have to, you know, buy it outright. So I was only have to worry about like my property taxes. And then I would like write my next album and pay for it myself and pay for my own PR and pay for like amazing, like I would just, I would find my, my next project, like, but I would go all out, like do all the things that I would do if I had like a lot of money behind me. That's like 1000% what I would do right now. That sounds amazing. Actually. <laughs> I, I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to do anyway. Like, where can I find this money to make it like exactly how I want it? Cause, um, it is like with anything, it's like mm -hmm. you get what you pay for, you know, like the higher production a quality that like killer, killer video, killer art, killer, all that stuff like that I would want to make that, that sounds awesome. Just to have the luxury of writing and not having to worry about, you know, paying the bills would be amazing. Yeah. Let's do that. I love it. I love it. And yes, most of us would pay off our debts first. I think at least those of us who are pretty much adults that we were like, yeah, let's pay off the debt first. I don't yeah, have to worry about anything. Don't put that on my, over my head anymore. It sucks to yeah. have that there. <laughs> totally. Oh, what's the last thing you read? What is the last thing I read? Uh, it's a, um, I'm reading a, it's, it's, it's one of these four. Cause I go back and forth between these books on my Kindle, uh, Stephen Forrest. He's, he's an evolutionary astrologer and I find him really, really, really interesting. And he has this, these books on the elements um, and uh, I think it's the book of earth is the one I was, I was reading last and I'm still reading it cause I'm always going through it to glean more information. And it's all about the, uh, the earth, the element of earth and the energy and the, uh, those, those signs and planets that are related to it. So it's Capricorn and Taurus and Virgo and, uh, what, and like, what are the planets Venus and yeah, just learning, learning more about that. He's a really fascinating man and it's it's and, it, and i feel like it brings it's very down to earth um and in, in, in a field that many you know dismisses very as woo woo and and stuff like that and it's he's a really intelligent interesting way of talking about it in a psychological way of us um for like uh yeah it's very much like shadow shadow work and and depth psychology that that's how that's his approach um to to astrology and and the, the function of it so I like that. I, I like it when it gets gets into that that area, psychology, for oh, sure. Sounds like a good book I need to add to my list. It's really interesting. Yeah. And he's great. He's, yeah, he's just such an intelligent, uh, compassionate man, great writer, and just helps you to, yeah, just demystifies it all. That's really interesting. <laughs> so do you prefer boots or heels? Boots. Absolutely. Boots. Boots, boots. Who, would, who would play you in a movie about your life? Um, I really don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think who's out there that like, who's out there that I would, you know, motherfucker, like some younger ones out there. Maybe like, you know, who popped into my mind, but I don't know why. Renee Zellweger came into my mind and I think it's because she looks like Jewel and I love Jewel. So I was like, who's kind of like Jewel that, but I don't know if that's actually the answer. I, I'd have to really think about that and get back to you. Um, 
Oh, Kate Hudson. I like her. How about Kate Hudson? She sings. Okay. I'll call her up tomorrow. Blonde. Yeah. We'll get her she's there. Blonde and she, I mean, they don't have to be blonde. They can dye their hair, of course. But I feel <laughs> like, I feel like Kate Hudson because I, I liked her in Almost Famous. So that's, that's, that's who we'll get. <laughs> Perfect. We'll call her up. She's hired. Yes. Good. Okay. So I don't know if you're familiar with the UK version of this, but since you're in Scotland there, I just, it's called Wally. He is called Wally in the UK and in Scotland. However, in America, we ask, where's Waldo? Ah, yes, of course. I know that. I know who Waldo is. Love Waldo. <laughs> so where is he? Do you know? At the second? Yes. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I'd have to look at one of those little, I love those books. <laughs> I, I remember like finding, spending yeah. forever trying to find him. And he's, he's in, he's a, let's say he's in, he's in Glasgow somewhere. I'm going to go find him tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's where he is. He's probably in some oh. museum. <laughs> oh, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Dark chocolate. Mm. Great choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather cook or order in? You know, I'd rather cook. I'd rather cook. I real I would. If I can have if I can get what I want, like have the the ingredients I want and like, you know, as yeah, like nice quality and like really good, good quality ingredients. I'd rather cook for sure. I often get disappointed when I end up ordering in, like it's too, like it's, it's cold or it's overcooked or like, you know, so at the end of the day, cook. Yes. Do Anything special that you love to cook more than anything else or? Um, well, right. This is actually a really lame thing. Well, not, not lame, but it sounds kind of boring, but it's called kitchery. And it's delicious and it's so grounded. Like it really resets me. I actually bring it on the road with me. So what it is, it's, it's an Indian, it's, it's basically lentils and rice, but it's like a really, they're like these really tiny doll lentils. And when, mm -hmm. with the right, with the rice and the ghee or the olive oil and the spices, like when you cook, you have to cook it just right. Like it's, it takes some time and like adding the water and letting it get really, it's kind of like, you know, with risotto is an art, making good kitchery is an art. And it's like, when you make it right, it's like really creamy and just like, it's so delicious and it's so good for you. And you just feel instantly reset after eating all the, like, you know, I've been subsisting on literally coffee and tea and biscuits mm -hmm. and um, croissants. And it's just like everywhere you go to like get food, like that's available in the morning. It's just like, it's like baked goods and coffee or tea. And like, that's just like what I keep eating. And I'm like, I need something more nourishing. I can feel it. So I'm going to make that once I have a kitchen this week and it's going to reset me right away. And it's going to be delicious at the same time. Kitchery. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. So what is the worst pizza topping? Oh, uh, jalapenos. I don't like jalapenos. I know people are going to crucify me for that. I hate a jalapenos. Um, anchovies, of course, disgusting. Uh, what else is a terrible one? I mean, those are, those are, yeah, are you, both of those yeah. things. So are you for or against pineapple? I'm, you know what? I am cool with pineapple when it's with ham and if I'm in the mood for it, because I, I will say Hawaiian pizza is delicious. If you're like, it looks gross and weird yes. and you have to be in the right mood for it. Yes. But if I am, but when I try it, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I should be disgusted, but this tastes really good. It's a weird anomaly. It's, I don't go out of my way for it, but once in the, if it's there I'm, and it looks good, I'll be like, I'm going to eat this. And this is actually pretty good. So I'm okay with it, but it's, 
it's weird. It's definitely weird. I'll give it that. It's it's a weird topic. I don't know who thought of that. <laughs> it is a weird topic. That's why I had to ask because that's been the big debate this year. It was like all of a sudden it was pineapple yay or nay on that. Like really. It popped in my head. Was... It did pop in my head when you asked me a weird topic, but then right away I was like, well, no, well, but I, I, I don't mind it when, so I can't, I can't hate on it. <laughs> oh, so what do you wish would magically clean itself? The house, the car, everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The bathroom, first of all, the bathroom and the kitchen and the, and you know what? And the sheets in the bed. I hate changing and doing the sheets. Like, so all of it, I guess I'm lazy, but yeah. <laughs> bathroom, kitchen, sheets. Just wish it never had to be done. Wish I never had to make change the sh- the bedding again. Terrible chore. Tell us something on your bucket list. Ooh. Mm. Probably to play a stadium, whether it's a festival or opening or even myself, like that would be, I would love to know what that's like to be like playing with like, just with the, that amount of people around you. Like that is totally a bucket list thing. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Or like one of the, or a festival, if it's on a stadium, I mean, but a stadium, I just would love to know what that sensation's like. But if not, then like a huge festival where just like thousands of people, like when I was at Glastonbury, I played, but it was a small stage, you know, to go to those big stages where there's all those people just to be like, what is that like to play that? I would love to know. I would love to experience that someday. Wonderful. I love that. If you could be any person or position for the day, who would you be and why? Like an accountant or surgeon or, you know, or Dolly Parton. I would be the queen of England. I think I would just love to know what that was like. I've always been fascinated by like that. Like what this, this person that all these people like just, it's just such a bizarre, it's just a bizarre position that still exists. And I just think I would love to know what that's like, just to from waking up in the morning to going to bed at night, like what the hell is it like to be like the queen, to be the queen of England, to be Queen Elizabeth? I want to know. I would love to know what that's like. Definitely cool. Do you have any words of wisdom that you live by? If so, what are they? Ooh. Probably. I mean, what pops into my head, and I'm not saying that I always, I by no means I'm always doing it, but what pops into my head is the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think it's such, um, again, it's a cliche for a reason. I think it's such a good, um, it's such a, it's, it's, it's just such a good maxim to, I think it really sums up, uh, you know, if you can only choose one thing, I think you can really, that really tags all the bases, you know. Absolutely. That's yeah. beautiful. So tell us, what does the rest of 2022 have in store? Um, no, we were talking earlier, I know, off the recording about some yeah. new re- a new release, possibly yeah. this fall. Yes. Want to tell everyone about that? Sure. So yeah, I have um, I have a song that I recorded some time ago that, I, I, that I've been kind of holding off on releasing just because I wasn't, I don't know why, honestly. Oh, I know why. Because there's some words I'm so like, oh, I kind of want to change this here and there. So I just really need to go back, tweak those words, get back in the studio, change that so I can get it. Because it sounds great. 
the production's great. It's it's high time it gets out there. So um, definitely looking forward to getting that. It's called Now That the Good Is Gone. Um, so I want to get that out, but also the rest of the year. Um, and then I have a couple, I'm working on a new album now in, in, in early stages. Like some of the songs are written, but I'm working on work, writing the rest of the songs. And this is the first time I'll be writing an album where where it's a it, with the experience the express um, intention of writing a cohesive album where like everything is falling under the umbrella of a theme, um, like, you know, to go together as opposed to Darlin. I do think Darlin actually all work together thematically. And, and I think, and I, I wouldn't change anything about it, but I didn't, I never sat down like, this is the title this. And then I'm going to write everything in service of this idea. I just kind of put together the songs that all made sense together. So this is a different approach. I'm going in being like, I'm writing an album. All the songs are going to, that that I'm writing are going to be like under this umbrella of this album, and um, that absolutely I got to get that. I want to get that all written by the end of the year because I want to get it recorded in, in you know in the first quarter of the new year because I want to have it released by um, the fall of of next year of 2023. So that's that is what's up. And in the meantime, I want to keep coming back and touring um, the UK and Ireland. And by next year, definitely having Europe in there as well. So that's all these things happening. That's the plan. Wonderful. And are you yeah. planning on doing some uh, touring in the U.S. at all? So maybe we can catch a live show. Totally. Well, so I'm not looking. I mean, yes, I'm definitely planning on doing some, um, definitely some more shows in New York, so like the tri-state area, New Jersey, New York, as well as down. I'm spending some more time in Nashville. So down in Tennessee, down in Georgia, probably South Carolina. I get there a lot. I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to do, I think I'm going to hold off on any kind of West coast or big U S tours till after the new year. I really think I need to focus on, it's a lot to tour over here. When I say over here, I mean the UK, um, there's, it's a, it's a lot to do that. And I really am, my focus is on that right now, along with, again, yeah. this album. Once I get this album in a good place, I feel like I can put more time and effort into larger U.S. tours. That being said, we'll definitely like be on the lookout for shows around New York City, for shows around Nashville, for shows around Atlanta, Athens, um, Georgia, Tennessee, New York. That all will be happening throughout the year. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I can catch you next year at a show here in the U.S. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If not, you'll just have to come vacation in Florida and, uh, totally. and just have some fun and we can just hang out. Absolutely. I, I love Florida. Where in Florida are you? I, I am south of Sarasota, south of Tampa. Fabulous. Yep. No, I know. I actually, yeah, I've played in Tampa before. I have an uncle and aunt um, in St. Petersburg. So I definitely, I'm sure I can make it over. I've that, That's somewhere I could definitely easily make it over to, to play some shows and it would be awesome. Absolutely. That's about an hour, hour and a half give or take on traffic yep. north of me. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on today, Kelly. You know, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you, Donna. Yeah, it was awesome. I love the questions. Oh, wonderful. And thank you friends for joining us for another episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.